Seven months ago, I created the ultimate carnival diet for women, and I got so many comments from men. So here it is, the ultimate carnival diet for men. To help you start carnival the right way, talk about some dangers of a carnival diet, including heart attack risks, and also help you get rid of that dad bod. Now, carnivore is not just great for weight loss. I'm down 100 pounds since my heaviest. My heaviest, I was 262. I'm down to 162 now. It will also help fix your testosterone and hormonal issues. But how does this happen? Being on a carnivore diet, you eliminate out all of these different things that are going to disrupt your hormonal health and, and cause all those things to happen. So you're removing all the, the estrogen disruptors and hormonal disruptors that, that are in plant food and sugars and things like that, that, that will disrupt your, your proper testosterone levels that will raise your insulin or sorry, raise your estrogen and drop your testosterone. And you provide yourself with optimal nutrition for your overall health. And that also means hormonal health. So you're going to be getting enough fat and cholesterol so you can make testosterone because cholesterol is, is, is what testosterone is derived from. And in fact, most of your hormones are derived from cholesterol. So Without proper nutrition, without proper high fat and meat-based diet, you're not going to have optimal uh, hormonal health as well as the rest of your health. And, and you're also going to be substituting that with other things that can actually further uh, escalate the problem of hormonal uh, dysregulation. Now, maybe you just have overall general inflammation. You're just not feeling your best. Well, Dr. Ovedia talks about two things a carnivore diet can do for you? Well, ultimately, I think the carnivore diet um, has two main purposes. Um, the first is as an elimination diet. For people that are trying to figure out what might be the cause of uh, inflammation in their body in particular, uh, but, uh, you know, health challenges that maybe uh, aren't uh, getting better initially, I think the best elimination diet that we can do as human beings is the carnivore diet. And then looking beyond that, I think that the carnivore diet is really the most ancestrally consistent diet we have. And it is one of the most sustainable ways I find uh, to maintain a good healthy long-term eating habit, which is going to support your health overall. Now, I know that you love to hear from your favorite carnivore doctors, but that wasn't enough. I wanted to hear from some real-life carnivores, like Dante from Ferrigno Freedom, to see just how eating meat for 1,000 days has changed his life. All my life, I've been interested in health and nutrition in one way or another, but I always seem to be struggling with either my weight or my health in some issue or another. Uh, I mean, I had my gallbladder taken out in uh, 2002 because I was doing too much low-fat dieting. I now know back then I didn't realize that that was causing that. But just the fact that you're not using your, your bile and your, your gallbladder to release bile to process fat, they just let that stuff pile up in there, and I wound up having my gallbladder taken out. And even my son had his taken out at age 18. So, And I'm sure he was trying to watch what he was eating, but probably following a lot of the wrong information out there. Once I started eating a carnivore diet, not only did I immediately have better brain power, better sleep, and I started feeling better, but then all of a sudden the weight started falling off. 
And I realized that I can have the body that I used to want to have. I mean, when I was growing up in the 80s, I was a big fan of Sylvester Stallone. I was like, man, I want to be like that. He's just a uh, exercising dynamo and to have that physique would be awesome. But I never, ever got close to it. And now here I am 50 years old. I'm in the best shape of my life, and it's all thanks to a carnivore way of eating. Now, I know probably your family and friends are saying to you, just eating meat, isn't that restrictive? How can you eat this way for the rest of your life? Well, Carrie from Homestead Howe has a very easy way to get started. I know a lot of people are scared because carnivore is kind of scary. I'm going to eat only meat. The way I approached it, that because I thought it was insane too, the way I approached it was... Uh, I'm just going to do an elimination diet. I'm so miserable. I have so many issues. I'm not going to tell myself I'm going to eat meat for 30 days, but I'm going to eliminate all this other garbage, sugar and processed foods and dyes. And let's just see how I feel. And within days, within days, I was just feeling so much better. I stopped snoring right away on carnivore. Now, what about this thing that we always hear? Just eat in moderation. Over the years, I did keto. I lost a bunch of weight, and then I tried to eat in moderation, which is what a lot of well-meaning uh, friends and family have told me when they hear that I'm eating only meat. They're like, why don't you just eat in moderation? That was my biggest downfall. I think that's why a lot of people yo-yo, is because you can't have sugar in moderation. I, the realization I had is sugar is an addictive drug. It's more addictive than some of the hard drugs out there. I think it's, it's more... Uh, damaging than some of those. So for me, I'm never having sugar again. I have done every diet out there. I've done keto. I've done one meal a day, counting calories, everything. This is the only one that's worked and it works effortlessly because once you get into ketosis, you don't have all those cravings anymore. You eat till you're full. You're not sitting here messing around like counting calories and carbs and trying to calculate things out. It's just, it's so natural. Now it sounds like carnival is so great for weight loss healing and hormonal regulation. But there is one thing that we always hear about. Red meat is gonna increase your cholesterol and cause a heart attack. Well, let's just clear this up once and for all. Cholesterol simply is not a problem. It's not the cause of heart disease. I think that's been thoroughly and just completely debunked. And in fact, there are studies, even meta-analyses going through the data showing that actually higher LDL cholesterol can actually be cardioprotective and actually has an inverse relationship between uh, higher levels of LDL cholesterol and heart attacks. So you're like, well, higher LDL having less heart attacks and, and lower LDL having higher heart attacks. And others finding absolutely no difference whatsoever, except for the people that have lower LDL are dying from their heart attacks more often than those with have high cholesterol. Heart disease is, is, is much more uh, in keeping with an inflammatory disease like like diabetes, you're eating things that are that are causing your uh, it's a metabolic disease. You're causing issues in your body in a, to act in a manner that they're not supposed to, right? And so this is why you find that people with diabetes are ten times more likely to develop uh, cardiovascular disease. People with metabolic syndrome are six times more likely to develop cardiovascular disease. Even people with damaged small dense lipoproteins, the SDLDL, they only have an increased correlation or association with heart disease of 1.7, right? And just overall higher LDL cholesterol, even there was like the, you know, large, you know, different sort of epidemiological study uh, that said that it's overall cholesterol was like 1.3 times increased uh, correlation in that study and many other studies that find 
no correlation or, or an inverse correlation. But in that study, it was still only 1.3 times. And even the small dense LDL, like what everyone recognizes, that's that's like the worst. It was only 1.7 times. But metabolic syndrome was six times. And diabetes was 10 times. And smoking was, was up there as well. So that's what you should be focusing on. And when, on a carnivore diet, you eliminate out all of those things that cause metabolic syndrome, that cause type 2 diabetes, that actually cause the, the formation of SDLDL, which is, which is high levels of glucose and oxidative stress, like from different sorts of plant toxins and high levels of, of blood sugar and fructose. So going on a carnivore diet, you eliminate out all these things that are going to contribute and cause heart disease. Uh, heart disease is not a natural state of, of being. You know, that's not, that's not just going to develop on its own. You need to inflict some harm on your body to develop that. That's not just going to happen. And what is so interesting is that the increase in heart disease is not just in men, but also in women. The gap is actually closing between men and women. And um, as you know, what really happens when we look at the statistics is women just lag about five to 10 years behind. But once uh, women get through menopause, um, the rates of heart disease actually get pretty close to each other. But either way, it doesn't change the fact that diet is the most important factor in determining our risk for heart disease. And I believe carnivore diet to be a uh, amazing tool for lowering our risk for heart disease and for patients who are trying to manage heart disease that they already have. Uh, and I have no reservation uh, recommending carnivore diets to patients with heart disease. So I hope that makes you feel very confident. Red meat does not cause heart disease or heart attacks. But there is also one other thing that people always talk about. Saturated fat is bad for you and it's not safe. Well, is that true? We now have more than enough evidence to definitively say that saturated fat, dietary saturated fat, is not a significant contributor to heart disease. Uh, and um, the, you know, the only evidence that ever linked red meat intake to heart disease was weak epidemiologic data that we now know uh, simply just is not true. Saturated fat is another one the Journal of the American College of Cardiology just published in 2020, a massive work with uh, you know, studies of, of all available literature and meta-analyses and things like that. And they found that there is no evidence that there's even a correlation between saturated fat, increased fat, saturated fat intake and heart disease. And in fact, they found an inverse relationship between saturated fat intake and stroke. And so they found that eating saturated fat was protective against stroke. And so they concluded there's no safe upper limit. There's no upper limit on the amount of, of uh, saturated fat that you can eat safely. You just eat whatever the hell you want. In fact, you're, you're getting benefit from doing that. And what is so incredible is that Kerry cured his irregular heartbeat and his lifelong heart conditions on a carnivore diet. I have a lot of heart conditions. I have a low ejection fraction. I've been on heart medication my, in, my entire life. I've always had an irregular heartbeat. I've since learned on carnivore that the heart uh, performs much more efficiently when you're in a state of ketosis versus when you're burning sugar and carbs. And I never knew that. I wish someone told me that before. I've had an irregular heartbeat since I was a kid. When I was in kindergarten, they hooked all these things up. I've had so many heart tests. And my wife and I were watching TV the other day. She had her head on my chest. We were just laying there. She's like, your heart isn't beating irregularly anymore. And 
it's I, I I'm gonna go in before I like do a video on this or anything, but I don't feel I used to have heart palpitations, and every time I would stand up before carnivore, I would have to grab onto something because I'd get lightheaded or dizzy. I have none of that anymore. So I, I know it's anecdotal, but I, I truly feel like personally, my heart is performing way better. And I, I'm, I'm pretty knowledgeable about that, I guess, so to speak, because I've had so many heart issues and so many tests over the years. And I could just, I could feel it over the years, just beating hard and getting dizzy standing up. I have none of that anymore. Now that we have the scary stuff out of the way, I wanted to thank the sponsor of this video, Element. Now, especially if you're new to carnivore or if you're just going to a low or a zero carbohydrate diet, it is very important to make sure that you have enough electrolytes and salt at the beginning. And this can help alleviate side effects that you might experience like headache or tiredness or some cramping. So you can increase the salt in your meals. You can put salt in your water. But if this doesn't work, I would highly recommend using a supplement. And the one that I absolutely love is Element because Element contains the right amount of sodium, potassium, and magnesium. And I use this raw, unflavored option, but the whole range in Element doesn't contain any nasties. There's no additives or any preservatives. So it's gonna make sure that you get the best carnival results and most importantly, feel amazing. And right now, Element is offering this free sample pack on every order. So you're gonna get eight single servings of Element to try for free. So if you want this, all you have to do is go to drinkelement.com forward slash five minute body. That's D-R-I-N-K-L-M-N-T forward slash five minute body to get this free sample pack. Now, one thing that you guys always ask me, how much protein should I eat on a carnivore diet? Well, if you don't wanna track macros, you don't wanna think about the numbers, Dr. Chafee has a very easy way to start. Um, for me, I think I, I think things much more in, in, as an intuitive sort of thing. So I think that people should just, you need to eat enough protein, you need to eat, eat enough fat, and usually your body will tell you that. If you're just eating a, a carnivore diet, you're not eating anything else, you can you can listen to your body's hunger signals generally, unless you're taking medication or you have some sort of health issue. But most people will find that that just eating to taste, they'll get hundreds of grams of protein. You'll get more than enough protein. You'll get a bunch of creatine in there as well, like from the red meat, especially. And so you really don't have to worry about that. So your body will tell you, your body will say through your hunger signals, just say, Hey, you know, we're not getting enough. We want to eat more. And you just, you just have that feeling. So when I'm, when I'm uh, just, you know, just working at the hospital or, or in my office, I'm, and, and being quite sedentary, I generally eat around two pounds of very fatty, like ribeye. So it's you know, high calorie. Um, and, uh, and that's how much it satiates me for just like maintenance. But when I'm working out a lot and I'm pushing myself and I'm exercising or I'm playing rugby, that easily doubles. Well, I'll easily want four plus pounds of, of meat and ribeye. So that, that equates out to, you know, just on a sedentary day, you know, probably you know, 200 something grams of protein. But if I'm, if I'm working out a lot and I'm eating four pounds, you know, that's like, you know, you know, three, 400 grams of protein. So that, like you're, you're fine. You're, you're definitely going to be covered. I don't think you necessarily have to worry about counting. I, I don't think that you need to count calories or macros if you're eating your biologically appropriate diet. Like if, if you need a calculator to figure out what to eat, you're eating the wrong thing. And Dante pretty much says the same thing. Eat as much as you feel hungry but it's real hunger, not 
emotional hunger was when I would want something other than meat. Usually I would want to try to have a little ice cream or have some kind of sweet that I used to love because I was a big sweets guy before. So anytime that I wanted to have something that was sweet or, or savory or maybe even have a beer or something like that, I knew that wasn't coming from my body. That was coming from an emotional area. When I would, you know, if I, if I made a mistake and did those things, I would have a problem that would show up from that. Usually, you know, go back in the keto flu type of thing. But as far as the amount of meat I ate, I never even kept up with how much meat, how much fat. I just bought the steak. And if I was hungry, I had one. I had hamburger a lot. Uh, I never thought about whether or not it was too much protein or not. I really just ate as long as I was hungry. Now, later on, I started to add some to go to a higher fat ratio. And I started to notice some things that were improving mentally. Like for many years, probably 20 years, I haven't had a dream at night that I could remember. For some people, that's a good thing. My wife has terrible night terrors sometimes. So, I mean, nobody wants to have those. But I noticed I started dreaming again. And I thought, man, even though sometimes the dreams aren't what I want them to be, it's nice to know I felt normal again, like my brain was functioning like it should for the first time in a long time. So, you know, once you've been doing a, a, a high protein version of the diet for a while, you might want to add a little more fat in later. It really just depends on the person, though. But I didn't ever have any problems when I was eating a lot of protein. Now, for some of you, maybe you want to know the exact numbers and you say, Rena, just tell me a number that I have to hit. What is a benchmark? Well, that's why I asked Dr. Ovedia. The general rule I give people to start with is one gram of protein per pound of body weight. Uh, so that's going to be around two grams per kilo. Um, and, you know, that's kind of the starting point. Uh, if you're looking to add muscle, build muscle, you probably need to go up from there. Uh, and, you know, that rule is kind of uh, for people who are more in a maintenance phase. Uh, they're fairly happy with their uh, body composition. Uh, in the end, I'm not sure that there's really an upper limit of protein that we need to be concerned about. I think our body uh, regulates very well, um, you know, will prevent us from ultimately overeating protein. And the real danger for most of us is under-eating protein. So if anything, I would always uh, err towards the higher side on the protein intake. Now, protein is pretty clear. But one thing that is a bit different is how much fat we need to be eating. And even the doctors say the same thing. This is the one that really uh, you have to get into the individuality. And even within individuals, it's going to vary in time. Uh, the general rule I give people is when you're first transitioning to any low-carb ketogenic type diet, you're going to want more fat initially uh, as your body is becoming fat adapted. Once you're fat adapted, um, your fat intake is really going to depend on um, how much body fat you have and are trying to burn uh, versus your energy needs throughout the day. So people who are lean and very active are going to need more fat to maintain that energy supply throughout the day, um, whereas people who are have a history of being overweight, who are currently overweight, are trying to lose that fat, you're going to want to cut back on your fat intake. 
Um, and it really, you know, it takes some experimentation. It takes listening to your body. You know, working with a good practitioner can be really helpful here because that's going to have a lot of uh, variability. And I want to make one thing clear. When we say cut back on the fat, that never means going low fat. And Dr. Chafee has some really good guidelines about how to figure out how much fat to eat. Most people aiming for around 70 to 80% calories from fat. So about 50-50 fat and meat by weight is around 70% calories from fat. Aim for that and then adjust as, you, as your body needs. So maybe it needs a bit more fat, maybe it needs a bit more lean meat, but just see what your body tells you. And one thing you don't wanna do is to go crazy on the fat, like the one stick of butter a day. And even Dante says the same thing. You can become addicted to things like butter and I even got addicted to eating suet, where just the suet with some salt got to be really good. But I realized I'm eating a lot of fat here all by itself. And that's where I think you want to kind of avoid, you know, getting too deep into it. And as you mentioned in a previous video that we talked on, having the fat with the protein is a great way to do it because it'll help you get fully satiated by the time you're done with your meal. There were points where I was adding things to my food that made the flavor a little more savory. And I wound up eating more than I should because I wasn't getting that notification that I'm, I'm full. I was just getting the notification that my mouth really likes what I'm eating. So if you're doing a lot of butter or you're doing, say, smoke salts or, or other even seasonings, I never do seasonings. But if you're adding seasoning to your food, you're sending signals to your brain that don't have anything to do with hunger. So sometimes you got to be careful. You're not feeding that emotional side. So that's that, that would be the best way to, to judge is what's going to be good for you. Now, for most people, I would say if they're having a high fat percentage, it's going to be better for them mentally and physically. But it can you can get carried away with it. Now that is protein and fat done. But if you still feel confused, you can always join the 30-day carnivore challenges where our coaches talk about this in detail. And every week we also have your favorite carnivore doctors like Dr. Anthony Chafee, Dr. Elizabeth Bright, and Professor Bart Kay. And they're gonna help answer your medical questions. So if you'd like to join the challenge, you can head to academy.5minutebody.com or there is a clickable link in the description of this video. Now, before we get into how carnivore can help with cancer, erectile dysfunction, and even the man boobs, it is very important to understand fasting and if it's right for you, because that varies and it works very well for Kerry. For the last uh, 60 days or so, I switched from carnivore to lion diet, just beef, salt, and water. And when I did that, I, I would eat pound and a half to two pounds of meat a day. I just wasn't hungry. So I naturally fell into OMAD one meal a day. And I feel so good uh, doing that. It's just, uh, you're not hungry. People can't understand it unless you do it, but you're not hungry. You're giving your body exactly what it needs. And then I get 23 hours where my cells can regenerate, the autophagy happens. And it's really important, like for me, I've lost a bunch of weight, but I still have loose skin and belly fat. And so doing that OMAD and fasting can help tighten those things up. It's not going to happen overnight. It takes a very long time, but it's a good strategy to, to do that. And Dr. Ovedia provides a really good understanding if fasting is safe 
and right for you. Yeah, I certainly think fasting is safe for men. And when we talk about fasting, you know, we have intermittent fast, uh, we have your extended fast. And again, I think these are all great tools to use depending on your situation. Um, if, if you're, you know, try, if you're battling against obesity and, and you're overweight, uh, fasting certainly a useful tool. Uh, if you're lean and active, fasting may not be a great tool for you, uh, you know, and it might uh, cause you to have periods of low energy. So again, individual circumstances are going to apply here, but I think in general, fasting is a great tool. And my kind of advice and recommendation around fasting is that it shouldn't really be forced. Um, you should be eating in a way that makes you hungry less often. And of course, carnivore diets are a perfect way to do that. Uh, so on average, I find most people doing a carnivore diet, most men doing a carnivore diet are going to eat once or twice a day. And then, uh, like I said, depending on your goals, depending on what we're trying to accomplish, um, I might when I'm working with patients, inject kind of longer fast uh, into the mix on, a, on an occasional basis uh, to help uh, with certain stubborn health issues. Now, as Dr. Ovedia mentions, fasting along with the carnivore diet is so effective to help with inflammatory health conditions, whether that be diabetes, insulin resistance, and even cancer. Cancer. It can absolutely help prevent cancer of all description and then help your body fight cancer of all description because it helps your mitochondrial health and mitochondria and, and cancer really is in my estimation at least in large part a, 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 a disease of, of the mitochondria and you know Otto Warburg showed you know 80 years ago Nobel Prize winner in medicine and wrote a, wrote a paper a seminal paper in 1951 called the origins of cancer and, uh, and this is after 30 years of research on the matter. And he, he, he showed that uh, cancer is a metabolic mitochondrial disease. And he showed that if you uh, have healthy mitochondria, that you cannot develop cancer. The simple way of showing this, when you take healthy mitochondria out and put them in a cancer cell, it suppresses the cancer. Cancer stop right there. And they, in fact, have taken the, the nuclei out of cancer cells with all the different genetic changes and put those into a healthy cell with healthy mitochondria, and they don't behave as cancer. But they take the damaged mitochondria out of the cancer cell and put those into a healthy cell with normal DNA. They do behave as cancer, right? And then you take, again, those healthy mitochondria, you put them in cancer cell, it suppresses the cancer. So if you're on a carnivore diet, you are going to maximize your um, metabolic health as much as your diet can. There's other things that, that play a significant role in the health of your mitochondria and your overall metabolic health in general. But insofar as diet can be related and a factor, carnivore can, will help as much as possible and either suppress that cancer or help your body fight the cancer if it's already there. And Dr. Ovedia talks about the right way to start a ketogenic diet or a carnivore diet, especially if you have active cancer. Now, if you have cancer and you're trying to use a carnivore diet as a adjunct, uh, what I would caution you on is, you know, you really need to do it as a high fat. And this is one situation where you may want to limit protein intake some, 
not get too low, but limit it some uh, to help you get into that real therapeutic ketosis range. And again, this is a situation where I oftentimes will recommend monitoring ketones, which I don't necessarily do for most men on a ketogenic diet. But if you're, you know, going after specific uh, benefits that really um, uh, necessitate therapeutic ketosis, uh, you may have to adjust the diet uh, because a standard sort of carnivore diet, as most people do it, uh, it's going to get you into ketosis, but it's not going to get you into that deep therapeutic ketosis that we may be looking for uh, for neurologic conditions and uh, cancer adjunctive therapy. And if you need an in-depth video about how a ketogenic diet or a carnivore diet along with metabolic therapy can help reverse cancer, I've done a full video with Professor Thomas Seafried, which I'll leave in the description of this video. Okay, let's talk about three things a man might experience and how carnivore can fix these things. The first one is the man boobs. Now, I wanted to get the scientific response. Why do men get man boobs? So, yeah, so, so gynecomastia is, uh, is generally caused by excess estrogen. And so that can be from, from a number of things, but um, generally it's from uh, eating a lot of est estrogenic foods and, uh, and not having enough testosterone, or, you know, sometimes you have excess testosterone that gets converted into estrogen, or you have too rapid um, changeover from testosterone into estrogen, and maybe, you know, and, and you can imbalance from that. So you can have different sorts of disruption in your body that's, that's, you know, converting, you know, more testosterone into estrogen than it normally would. But uh, most, the most common cause is, is eating things that are very pro-estrogen estrogenic, which is a lot of, you know, foods like soy. So eight glasses of soy milk a day is enough estrogen to grow breasts in a man. Okay. So think about that the next time you're getting a, a dairy alternative. And, um, uh, but the other one is, is by being overweight and having excess fat, because what people don't understand is that, is that our adipose tissue, our fat tissue is actually our largest endocrine organ endocrine organ, meaning that it, it secretes hormones and it does. And our fat actually secretes estrogen. And so if you have a lot of excess fat, you are going to be secreting a lot of estrogen and it actually makes it much more difficult for men to lose weight, the, the, the more overweight that they are. And that can also go into gynecomastia and they grow, uh, enlarged breast tissue, uh, as well. And the other side of it is if someone is, um, you know, uh, taking like excessive exogenous uh, testosterone and things like that, then that can, that can convert in, they can get that sort of, uh, that sort of appearance, but generally it's from, uh, the aforementioned reasons. Okay. Now for the real life answer, Dante, did you have man boobs? Uh, I, I don't know how I, you know what I have to, I guess I'd have to admit that I did, but they weren't as bad as some, I see, I tend to carry most of my weight around my waist. So I guess I was lucky in that part, but it was all on the sides. Like a lot of guys, they have the gut out front and then they also typically get the man boobs too when they got too much weight. Mine was mostly on the sides. So it was a little weird, but I did have, you know, they were there. There was no doubt I had some there, but now I got pecs. So it feels a whole lot better. And now for Kerry, did you have man boobs? I had the man boobs for sure. That's awesome. Um, I think it's just fat and eating eating an improper diet. It's really 
this is one of the things that, this is my best example I give people who think I'm insane for doing carnivore. You wouldn't see a deer out in the wild with man boobs. You wouldn't see a deer out in the wild with its hair or its skin falling off or its hair falling out or big bags under its eyes or uh, arthritis and it's like crippled over. You'd be like, wow, what is wrong with that deer? That poor thing, there's something wrong with it. But you go around and look at humans and almost every human has those issues. It's just the food we're eating them. If we fed the deer the food that humans are eating on a standard American diet, the deer would probably get man boobs. And its hair would fall out and have big bags under its eyes. It would snore and get depression and anxiety. It's just the food we're eating. My man boobs are gone on carnivore for sure. Now let's talk about a big problem for men, erectile dysfunction. And as Dr. Avedia mentions, this can be very serious. Yeah, so again, when we look at uh, what is at the root cause of erectile dysfunction, um, it is blood flow uh, to the genitals, to the penis, and um, that is most often due to insulin resistance and poor metabolic health. So carnivore diet, by improving that, uh, by improving that can help to... Uh, you know, with the management of erectile dysfunction. Uh, it, you know, erectile dysfunction is oftentimes in men a early warning sign about deeper-seated problems, about the insulin resistance, about occult heart disease. We see a strong correlation between heart disease and erectile dysfunction. So very important, uh, definitely should not be ignored. And really, you know, again, this is a situation where all too often the medical system just wants to prescribe the medication that helps, you know, with erectile dysfunction and isn't interested in seeing why men have developed this in the first place and treating the root cause. Now, there can also be other causes of erectile dysfunction. There can be nerve issues uh, that may have separate um, uh you know, separate causes that need to be looked into. Uh, but for anyone suffering with erectile dysfunction, any of the men suffering with it out there, uh, my first piece of advice is figure out whether or not you're insulin resistant, work with a practitioner that can help you to reverse that insulin resistance, uh, and don't just, you know, cover it up with the medications. The medications certainly can be helpful uh, and can be a tool to use while you're addressing the underlying root cause, uh, but ultimately you want to address the root cause of erectile dysfunction. So insulin resistance and poor metabolic health is at the core of erectile dysfunction, but it can be fixed, as we see with Dante. I had erectile dysfunction when I started taking testosterone three years before starting Lion Diet. And after getting off of testosterone and continuing on my diet, I have had none. I never had any comeback from, from quitting TRT to continuing on carnivore. Sex drive has been normal. Function has been normal. Uh, and it's been a lot better manageable, managed better since quitting testosterone. Because when I was taking testosterone, it would be peaks and valleys, I would have real, like a lot of need for it, whereas I couldn't control it. And now everything's nice and smooth and it makes it, you know, makes it easier on my, my partner as well, that I'm not constantly, you know, in need of attention in that area, but it's, it's wonderful. It, it, 
not what I thought I was going to be experiencing. When I found out that I was having ED, really, it, it started in my 30s. And here I am about to turn 51 and everything functions just like it should. Now, another big problem tied with insulin resistance is enlarged prostate and prostate cancer. Now, if you know anybody that has one of these two things, please share this clip from Dr. Ovedia. Benign enlargement of the prostate, non-cancerous uh, enlargement of the prostate um, is another condition that seems to have a strong relationship with insulin resistance and metabolic health. And I know it's starting to sound sort of like a broken record, uh, but you know, it just shows us how important insulin resistance is as a root cause of our health. Uh, so, you know, I have many men now that I've worked with uh, who are doing carnivore diets for whatever reason. And, you know, they'll just, you know, during one of our appointments, they'll just mention, oh, I'm sleeping so much better. I don't have to get up and urinate, you know, so many times during the night. Uh, you know, it's easier. Uh, my urine stream, you know, is easier. All these symptoms of benign prostatic hypertrophy, uh, uh, you know, get better. And then, you know, we even have data suggesting that prostate cancer is related to insulin resistance and metabolic health. And I believe, again, that, you know, addressing your insulin resistance earlier in life, uh, reversing it if it's present, and then making sure that you avoid insulin resistance and stay insulin sensitive uh, is going to lower the chances of you developing something like prostate cancer. Um, it, you know, the narrative around prostate cancer has become that basically if men live old and live long enough, they're going to develop prostate cancer. Uh, but I really believe that is reflective of the extraordinarily high rates of insulin resistance and poor metabolic health that we see as we are aging. And, um, you know, I think if we live a long life, but avoid insulin resistance, that's going to give us the best chance of avoiding prostate cancer. Now, another question that you guys always ask me, how can I increase my testosterone naturally? Well, it seems like carnival is the answer. Testosterone in general uh, can be optimized in, in men through a number of different reasons, well, many different reasons. Major, major reasons would be um, increasing the amount of, of fat and cholesterol in your body. And this is what you make testosterone out of. So you're, you're giving your body more substrate for which to make testosterone and your other hormones. You're also going to remove and eliminate out all the different, you know, plant phytochemicals and uh, hormonal disruptors and actually phytoestrogens and things like that. You know, like the uh, three ounces of soy has like 20 times the amount of, of estrogen equivalent as a, a fertile woman makes in a day. Right. So that's not necessarily what you want. It has like 50 times the amount of estrogen as uh, the birth control pill. Right. So, you know, people say that, that, uh, you know, meat, oh my God, I, I've literally heard a patient say that her oncologist said that she shouldn't eat meat, especially red meat, uh, because she had breast cancer and this had, it had all this estrogen in it. And, that, and, and her cancer was estrogen sensitive. And so what should she eat instead? Well, she should eat a plant based diet. Well, all these plants have a bunch of phytoestrogens that have far more uh, phytoestrogen than, than they even make in their body. And uh, when you look at um, the amount of estrogen that's in even hormone-treated meat, 
you're, you're, it, it is increased, right? So, you know, they give hormones to these cows and they say, well, there's twice the amount of estrogen in this, in this meat of this hormone treated cow. Like, oh my God, get rid of that. That's, that's crazy. Um, it's just a bag of hormones. No, that, that's a slur and a slander that that's pure propaganda. And unfortunately, you know, doctors are believing it because without any evidence either asked for or provided, which is very scary, you know, that a doctor is giving recommendation based on no research whatsoever that they've actually done, right? So a non-hormone treated cow, three ounces of, of lean, lean beef has two nanograms of estrogen, right? Hormone treated, three ounces is 3.9 nanograms. So that's technically double, you know, um, just about anyway. And the problem is they don't put that in context because the birth control pill has 35,000 nanograms of estrogen. And a fertile woman makes between 150,000, 180,000 nanograms of estrogen. And three ounces of soy has over a million nanograms, right? So this is just a fraud. And um, when you stop eating that garbage, you stop eating all of this stuff that can disrupt your hormones. And, uh, and a lot of other, other ways too. I mean, just eating more carnitine, like red meat has a ton of carnitine. Other meat has carnitine too, but red meat has an abundance. Carnitine has been shown to do a lot of things in your body. First of all, it's very important for mitochondrial health, especially in your brain and your neurons. And it's for properly developing and working neurons, you need an abundance of carnitine. This is especially important for autism because autism can develop from a lack of carnitine and your brain doesn't develop properly because of that lack of carnitine. But eating more carnitine, A, is good for your brain, it's good for your mitochondria, it's good for your body, but it also increases your testosterone receptors. So let's say your testosterone level is X and your receptor number level is X. If you 2X your receptors, you also you know, double or actually you, know, you further increase your the testosterone response in your body. So you can have the same amount of testosterone, but the effect is much, 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 much greater. So there's, there's more to it than just, just testosterone numbers. However, we do see testosterone levels increase dramatically in men. Like in my own, in my own uh, practice, we routinely see men in their 60s and 70s increase their testosterone levels by you know, 30, 40, you know, 50%. One, one gentleman actually over doubled his testosterone. He was in his seventies and he was just like, he came in, he was just like bouncing off the wall. There's no supplementation, by the way, there's no hormonal replacement or anything. It's just a carnivore diet. And he was just bouncing off the wall. She's like, it's amazing. I just feel like a teenager again. All I want to do is just work out and have sex with my wife. It's just amazing. You know, it was, it was, it was absolutely hilarious. And, and, you know, he gave him this new lust for life. Uh, which is great to see. And it was just making a simple dietary change. And, uh, and I've seen other people, you know, uh, that, that get even greater effect. I had a friend of mine who's a professional rugby player, went on a carnivore diet, actually near carnivore diet, not, not 100% yet, still has some, some fruit and things like that every now and then. Uh, but just eating a ton more meat and, and, you know, eating a lot of fat, not being scared of that. And, and he over doubled his, his testosterone levels. So, that's pretty fantastic. So your free testosterone level. So look at these sorts of things. Um, <clears throat> you have total testosterone, you have free testosterone. So your total testosterone, you know, generally, um, you know, can, you, the reference range will be, you know, a bit off, but um, 
you know, it might, it, it depends on the area, but maybe, maybe your testosterone levels be like, you know, between 200 and, and, you know, like, you know, 450, 500, something like that. Um, you know, a better reference range for what reference range we look for is in, uh, for 25 year olds, men and women who have no health issues. Right. So that's like, okay, people in good health in the prime of their life. Right. What are your, what are your testosterone levels? What are your, you know, uh, uh thyroid levels? What are your, um, you know, magnesium levels, things like that, vitamin D levels. And so when we look at that, a, a better range for free testosterone would be between 600 and 900. This, this gentleman that I, I was talking about, the, the rugby player, his testosterone levels went from like something like three, 400 up to like 1100, right? It just, they just slammed up, right? And you can also get, get uh, better effects with that as well from, from just working out. If you're working out a lot, doing a lot of weight training, that can also stimulate uh, testosterone as well as growth hormone. And um, so you get, you know, added benefit from that as well. But yeah, carnivore diet can absolutely maximize not only your testosterone levels, but also the utilization of your testosterone and increasing your testosterone receptors so you get a better testosterone effect. Well, it seems like Dante has experienced every benefit of a carnivore diet. Well, you have to listen to what happened to his testosterone levels. I have a very good story to go along with this. When I started, or actually long before I started uh, the carnivore lifestyle, I started taking testosterone around 2018 injection-wise because I told my doctor I was having some performance issues, you know, bedroom issues. And he suggested that that could help because my numbers were in the mid threes on my testosterone. So once I started doing that, it did make a difference as far as that went. And I thought, okay, this is great. But it also was affecting my mood. I wound up getting very moody and very easily agitated from, I, I believe now, from having taken the testosterone injection. My wife would say that if I waited too long to take them, that it would cause problems too. So it was like, it didn't matter if I was trying to wean myself off or if I was doing it steady, my hormones were just up and down like a yo-yo and causing me to have all kinds of agitation. Well, when I started doing lion diet, I was still taking the injections and I was still on a number of medications. Uh, within a month or two, I started to cut out all my medicine because like my blood pressure was going too low when I was taking blood pressure medicine. And I thought, well, if I don't need this, maybe I don't need the testosterone either. And I started to cut it out, but then it did start to affect my mood again, even worse. Like I, I became panicky and had some other issues. And my doctor said, well, what's going to happen if you quit your testosterone, your numbers are actually going to go lower than they were when you started. Cause now you've been on it for three plus years. You're, you're not going to be able to produce enough testosterone to keep your hormones stabilized. And that scared me to death because I wanted to quit all of this stuff. But I, I kept on doing the testosterone for about another 9, 10, 11 months, I think, while I was eating this way. And then it just worked out where I had to change doctors. And then it got to be a difficulty to get back on testosterone. And I, I eventually just stopped altogether. And at first... I noticed like a decrease in my energy for a while, but it could have been a combination of things because I also had COVID around that time period. And that caused me to have this, I think it was immediately after that, that I started feeling tired all the time, but they were, they coincided. So I can't really tell which one affected which, but then I went back and saw my doctor, my new doctor, and my testosterone numbers were actually higher than they were 
when I got put on testosterone treatment. And she was surprised at that. She figured they would be lower as well, but they were actually a little bit higher than they were. They were like 389 or something, 388, I think. Well, I went another almost, let's see, June, July, August, September, October, November, December, January, February, March. So I went nine more months and then I got my testosterone checked again. And they're in the high fives this time. I can't remember the exact number, but it's almost 600, well in the normal range. And that's with quitting testosterone. So totally the opposite of what my doctor told me would happen. And I, I may have to attribute some of that to the fact that I started supplementing iodine about seven or eight months ago also, or seven or eight months before that, because iodine is real good for your thyroid hormone and thyroid hormone really affects all the hormones in your body. These are just some things I've learned in the past year that I think are, are making a difference as well. But eating a carnivore lifestyle has definitely had a not had a negative effect on my testosterone. And if anything, it's had a positive effect. So I hope you enjoyed this encyclopedia of why every man should try the carnivore diet. And if you wanna check out the carnivore diet for women, I'll leave it right here. And let me know what was the best tip that you loved from this video. And I'll see you guys next week.